Hello, and welcome to another episode of Reframe Your Brain. Starting with episode 11, Danielle Kent and I are doing something different. Each week, we'll be sharing conversations with a variety of people talking about what they're reframing in this challenging and pivotal time of COVID-19. If you want to share a story about something that you're reframing, reach out to us on Instagram at Reframe Your Brain. All right. Delia, would you like to introduce yourself? Yes, I'd be glad to. I'm Delia Robinson, and I live here in Montpelier, Vermont, in a snow pile. <laughs> it is finally melting out, but it's the winter comes sooner than anyone could ever imagine up here in the north. <laughs> yes. So today I had um, given you a little bit of a, something to think about, just about what you're reframing, what you're thinking differently about right now, since we're all living in our houses and not going out and interacting with anybody outside. Um, and so I'm so curious to hear about what you've been rethinking or what you've been reframing mm -hmm. or thoughts that come, come up for you around that idea. Uh-huh. I'd be glad to talk about that because it's been so dominating. Uh, it has a little lead-in story. I was a, a, I became a nurse, an ER nurse, a, a, a ICU nurse when I was youngish because I wanted to pay for my paints. Mm. And I had, my, I wanted also to see everybody's toenails and all that, know everything about them. But it really was a, I had an interest in science and that was a way to finally earn a living because I had never occurred to me that what I had chosen to do wouldn't earn, pay the rent. And so I t took that training and became a nurse. And with that, became, I developed a really, a big interest in disease causing entities. So way back in December, I think at the end of December, when they started talking about this new, at least on the news shows I listened to, they talked about this pandemic, this, well, it wasn't a pandemic yet, but this coronavirus coming out of it, out of China. And I was very interested. And by January, I had no doubt that it was going to sweep the world and get us all because that's how it was behaving. And that's what the newscasters that I listened to said. Mm -hmm. And so I, I began my deep pantry that everyone said I was crazy, but I went to the Costco and bought a lot of beans and, and tomatoes and things like that and really got set up. I have a very little house, so it was a tricky to put any more stuff in it, even if it is food. <laughs> and I, I got set up for that. And I, so by the time it got here, it had, it had proved itself to be what I thought was a fearing it was. And I'd had a long time to be thinking about it. So during the time I started painting pictures that I considered to be pictures about the pandemic, but I didn't realize what mm -hmm. I was painting. I will hold one on my lap. I mostly yes. make clay whistles and, and that are narrative and very beautiful little things. I don't see any of them right around here right off. And, um, and I do live with my paintings because the house is so small. And I'll turn the camera for a second. You'll see that where my bed is completely surrounded by paintings. <laughs> they're all, they're everywhere. They make the room because I sleep in my workroom. And, uh, so now behind me is the whole another wall of paintings that have come out of this time 
that once I, once I realized what we were in for, my, I went into a, I'm always sort of in a creative frenzy, but it became very intense and I had a sore thumb from arthritis and so I couldn't work with clay and mm -hmm. I painted and I often dream the images that I work with. And I thought, this time I'm gonna do abstract art. I, it's my favorite kind of art, I love it. But then, oh, every time I've tried it all my life, I see a little face in the paint and it turns into a damn story. And you end up with some sort of complex narrative. And this painting, I don't know where it, it just came out of it. It came literally out of a dream. And it was this woman standing. Can you see her all from top to bottom there? It's better, yeah, like that is perfect. Okay. She's standing sort of knee deep in a very nasty looking flowing river. And uh, behind her is sort of a lot of washout. And then in the sky, a hideous, hideous storm is still there over her. And the idea of this was I somehow thought she's going to need a lot more than that umbrella to get through this. Yeah. But I realized I was painting what I felt about what was happening to us, that we were going to need more than umbrella. I was going to need more than those cans of beans <laughs> to get through this. And I like this picture very much, even though it's quite unlike the usual work I do. I usually obliterate a picture after I paint it, it, it just gets turned into trash and, <laughs> and I'd be just obliterating everything. And for, with this one, because the message was clear in it, I didn't change it after it reached that point. And I yeah. actually like it, even though she looks sort of like a piglet hamster. <laughs> it is definitely different than what your work usually looks like. The background is very um, empty for yeah, right a better forward. word. Yeah. Well, I, usually I don't have much of any of my usual work out, but why well, see one over there? Hold the, hold the floor. <laughs> okay. Here's something that's intense messiness that I often create. Here's a little, right. a little altarpiece, or I don't know what, I like these sort of Florentine shapes, but what went down here just all has images on it, but they stack up in a way so that by the time you're done, you couldn't read it if your life depended on it. There was mm -hmm. no clear narrative line, even though if you look very close, you would say, oh, there's a, there's a mailman or whatever, anything, could be anything, you never know. And that is what happens usually when I paint. I just let it go until I've destroyed it and then I'm happy. And, um, or until it looks like oatmeal <laughs> or skin disease or something nasty, then I'm happy. But with these, I painted in a different way. It was, and it's true that I've spent the past two years making cranky rolls, very long, long, long um, scrolls that tell stories and then they, they're songs you sing the ballad, the ancient ballad from the plague. A lot of them are from medieval times and they roll through on a little theater and they're painted with a very, you have to, the story has to be clear. And it was the first time in my life when I painted those cranky rolls that I ever had to paint in a clear way. Right. Big, bold colors, big, bold images. And I think it changed the way I paint in some ways, although I'm much more interested in the obliteration techniques. But with this pandemic stuff, not so much obliteration. I painted the things that are, I think are, that are distressing or the things that are odd. This is a hard one to read because I have to change the colors of something so they show up. It's Jacob wrestling with the angel 
while a man stands down here. I don't know if you can see with him. His, he's holding a cell phone. Yeah, he's taking, with his cell phone. You just see the back of his head in his hand, and he's taking a picture of Jacob wrestling with the angel, which was a, some amazing biblical event that made absolutely no sense to me when I first heard the story and still doesn't. But it's an interesting idea of a man wrestling with an angel and actually thinking he won. Mm -hmm. um, and this turned out, this initially was an abstract painting that then mm -hmm. somehow got those people in on it. But this... This is interesting to me, and it shows up again and again on these particular paintings. It's never been in my paintings before, the cell phone concept, that mm -hmm. we film everything. We mm -hmm. document everything in a way. So he even documents this world-shattering biblical event. And, um, you know, the next step will be Icarus falling from the sky and someone cell phoning it. You know, it's, <laughs> just, it's just what's going on right now in my head. And uh, with that have been thoughts about, about death. I'm old so that, you know, it won't startle me too much if when I die, it's expected at some point <laughs> from now on. But um, this painting was going to be my sister's just having a reunion. And then, my, but my sister Carola, out of all my sisters, I have five sisters and my sister Carola had died not terribly long ago. Mm. And uh, so the pictures of the sisters, I decided after I did me, I decided not to have them be likenesses, but I just chose... I made painted their dresses so it looked like fabric I thought they would wear. Mm -hmm. And and I didn't paint their faces be, the way they look because I was afraid people would be offended. Right. <laughs> because none of us none of us are what <laughs> we used to be. But then this guy showed up and he's he's taking away Carolus. So then it becomes this terrible event at a reunion photo photo shoot, right? Mm -hmm. And that kind of storytelling that's really dominated this time for me. And I don't see what I'm doing until the picture is done. And then, well, I paint very fast and messily. You could see this if you could see how messy you would be. <laughs> it's, I just slap it on there and, and it's all hell. I don't care. And so, but that kind of, that kind of thing. And then there are pictures of, of, of what I miss. Here's something that I miss very much with you. Tea. Mm -hmm. Having tea, only you're not an old lady, but here's two old ladies and they're having tea together. And I was going to put masks on their faces and then they'd have to have straws in their teacups. But I couldn't, once I got their faces lined up where I would be able to put them, you know, where the mask could fit, I didn't want to cover them up. I like them so much and their yeah. conversation is so animated and so exciting. And I thought, that's just what I miss is sitting with friends and having a cup of, a cup of tea and talking. And the room behind them is going completely all to hell. The sofa is turning into a slug, I think. Everything <laughs> is a little bit wrong. Their, wor their world is going all wonky while they talk and, 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 get, and catch up with each other. And that's something that very much speaks about what's going on right now. My sense of, of our, the changes in our world. Will we, will we ever get back to who we thought we were? And we've had so many horrible examples with this time of of who we actually are as a nation, not, you know, children in cages, people in jail so packed that they're just getting sick one after the other, things like that. The most people in jail of anywhere in the world, we're not what we want to be. And uh, I thought, will we get back? Will we be better? Will we be, we be worse? I don't know. But we're sure losing a lot of people that we would have liked to have kept. I was just and, reading yeah. yesterday, I was reading about some things that are going on in Italy and that I had that similar wondering about what, what will we be like as this ends and we move out of it. 
And the, what I was reading said that the number of people getting sick in Northern Italy has definitely decreased and Southern Italy wasn't as, as affected because they, they were able to close things down. But the cases of people getting sick in Southern Italy are much less documented and the medical resources are more limited much and more limited. yeah and the the they had all these different names but basically the um sort of criminal enterprises that exist in southern italy are filling in a void you know they're in the absence of well they've always been waiting in the wings mm -hmm. haven't they mm -hmm. yeah we're, we're, i'm sure there's a lot of that going on now with supplies you know people yes people yeah. scalping the supplies at incredible markups and doing it with the governance, the, gov the government's countenance mm -hmm. and saying, yes, this is all right. So yeah, these sort of things are, and also the inequalities that come out that the, the hardest working people who nobody's even willing to pay $15 an hour so they can live, they're doing the life-saving work, right? right? The, you know, you see this, there was a newscast that showed uh, in New York city somewhere, uh, a hospital, a gurney being hot rolled out with a dead body on it it's loaded onto a truck mm -hmm. and then uh the men who rolled it out then take out these scrubbers and things and are scrubbing it all over so the next person can lie on it no matter what's wrong with them they won't be contaminated with that particular virus they hope but right. they're the ones whose lives are at risk they had it completely inadequate things on to protect them from viruses they would be okay if it was some big huge bacteria but mm -hmm. not if it's a virus and i just thought that well, this is a sh the shameful thing. Also, a lot of racial issues are going to come up. If there aren't enough ventilators, is the white guy going to get it instead of the, the black guy or the Indian? Mm -hmm. You know, there's, there's, you know, it's a, or the, or the way people are treating Chinese and Asians of all sorts, that blaming mm -hmm. them for this as if they had anything to do with it. And right. so that kind of thing, will we straighten these things out? Or are these going to be so shocking to people that we decide, yes, these people shouldn't get $15 an hour. They should get $25 or $30 an hour. Oh, right. here comes the dog. The we dog is it. joining us. Can this you see her? Maybe. I can see maybe. Hi, maybe. Hello, good girl. This is the She's studio. She's very, very, she's so old now, suddenly. Yes. I know. I miss, I miss maybe. And you, I love this picture of maybe. Oh, it's so another cell phone picture. <laughs> There's that's me lying in my bed in the morning. Every morning when I wake up, maybe gets out of bed if she sleeps with me or, she, or wherever she is, she comes up to wake me up, and then she looks in the mirror that's beside the bed and looks at herself <laughs> for a long time sometimes, and then catches my eye in the mirror, and I wave at her, and she wags her tail. <laughs> and then she looks back at herself and wags her tail like, what a magnificent dog I am. And she's very pleased with herself. And so this was a picture that I don't know why I painted, except that maybe he's getting old and, and the vet says she's aging faster than he expected. Yeah. And I always am worried that when I go to check on her, is she breathing? It's like, I, you yeah. know, she's very slow moving now and very, very, uh, seems uncomfortable and decrepit and I and this is a time when we can't know everything's shot you know what are we going to do to make her feel better you know? yeah the vet said if I brought her he would just I couldn't come in but she would come into the office and I thought that's fine with me but it wouldn't be fine with her we have to practically carry this great loud of a dog in it yeah. takes two of us to get her in the door and so I don't know how that's going to work but I'm that'll come 
when that comes. But anyway, yeah. I think this picture is beautiful. This is about Mabie's view of her world and my, that's what I think. She looks in the mirror and around her is this dream landscape, mainly what's around my bed, but turned into a landscape that she thinks is her world. And here's her father looking at a picture of her. She was a put in the pound when she was two, what, eight weeks old, two months old. Mm -hmm. So she was a tiny puppy, but they said, oh, she was part hound dog, part pit bull. Who knows? They made it up. Mm -hmm. But there she is <laughs> with her imaginary parents. They're looking, hearing the stories of what a good dog they had created. Oh. And I don't know. I love this picture. Did this have anything to do with the pandemic? It certainly did in many ways. The whole idea that here I am closed into a house for the one person I talk to all day long besides the appliances that I've started talking to. Good job, toaster. You know, <laughs> it's because people are really not in the mix anymore. It's just me, a dog and a toaster. Yeah. And who am I going to talk to? All of us. All of you. All of us. I <laughs> love this picture so much. When I, I saw you posted it on, on Instagram or Facebook, it was just like, so enchanting because she's maybe has done that for so many years yes it's and I've never known another dog who has been so uh, in uh, so consistent yeah consistent yeah. about looking in the mirror yes yeah, she's very self self uh, reverential kind of but she, she I've never known a dog to do this either I've I've had dogs that that responded to the television if there were cats on the tv or something they just bark at them but mm -hmm. and run around behind the tv to try and get that cat you know but i never had a dog that uh, looked at herself thoughtfully and studied the picture studied the room behind her finds me in that room and then wags her tail yeah it really is a, a kind of a strange and magical thing i remember she, when she maybe she had done this before this point but i remember at one point someone gave you a sweater for her that was like a long tube and when she first started wearing that that's when I remember hearing about her looking in the mirror but yeah, maybe she, she was doing it before that it has with that she would we put the sweater on her she'd look in the mirror and then she'd go like that like she was, <laughs> and her whole face would turn in this really big sloppy pitbull grin and the hound dog body and this skinny old hound dog and a tubular thing the Aww. first paintings I painted, and these were interesting, and I've stopped doing but The first paintings, they've got to be too hard for me. I was trying to make a, you know, a, what to go forward and backward. It's the same word. Um, yeah. Palindrome. Yeah, palindrome. palindrome. So this is a painting. This oh, way it cool. has to be read, and then this way it becomes a different painting, and is so it's a palindrome. And yeah. I didn't ever finish this but I really like the idea even though it tied my brain in knots that it had to, I made a rule that they had to correspond in some sort of way and uh and that was when I that gave me a chance to be abstract except it look what happened it turned into trees and there's a teapot down teapot, there uh -huh. <laughs> yeah, there's a teapot down there tea, tea is big in my life but I thought that was a very funny thing and that with then I when I thought oh well I'd like to make one where it's a this was with the, I never finished it. The bear's head didn't get painted. So here's a polar bear. There's oh, yeah. a woman chasing the polar bear. I was disgusted that I didn't put her more back so she would be further back, but she's mm -hmm. right on his heels. And you do it this way and, and the bear is chasing the woman and these <laughs> have to be painted so they match up better. But that to me seemed 
that was when all this was just starting to come after us. And mm -hmm. it was, that, so this sort of sense of being chased, are we chasing this or is it chasing us? You know, what's going on here? How do you read this? And uh, maybe I'll finish this one sometime, but don't Didi know. She's going to be holding a cell phone, but she doesn't have it. <laughs> it's hard in the tundra. They don't work yeah. as well. Yes. Well, you know, mittens. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, we, we know full well how hard that is. <laughs> I was wondering about, I was just thinking about how the crankies that you had been working on and the, um, a lot of the whistles that you had made over the last, um, I guess, in the fall, they, they were about like plagues and about, you know, these uh, events in history that were really tumultuous and really pivotal. And, yeah. and now I think about what you're working on and, <laughs> and how it also is about. <laughs> yeah, it fits. It was no, it's no accident. I think that the ballads I chose to make the cranky shows about mm. and in those shows I give a talk for however long it takes usually about 40 minutes or so of talk about the history of that ballad what it came out of it and and many of them came out of the plague or out of equally difficult periods of time mm -hmm. and uh and then I run, run the cranky through a very beautiful little theater that's down in the basement right now for the because all the shows are over for the <laughs> for the right. plague but uh they were they I chose things about uh, those it's true for me those ballads are the most beautiful they're in minor key and very very beautiful and and they can be sung without accompaniment without and I don't have the greatest voice in the world but it doesn't really matter to me <laughs> to my matter to the audience <laughs> but they didn't seem to mind and uh and that it's true that, that there were also the whistles tend our little narrative I wish I had one up here but Oh, I do have one little one. I don't know why this one's up here. It's a t can you see that? It's a tiny little shoe. Yes. A little high-heeled shoe, and in it, there's a whole family packed in it of little children who are going sledding in a shoe. I don't know why. <laughs> I just did it. I did that a while back, and I gave it to my sister who had, had these were each of her children mm -hmm. and then she was emptying out a cupboard and found it and I was there and she said would you like to have this back so you can keep it forever and I said yes <laughs> <laughs> but yeah we then it makes a little whistle <whistles> and I learned to make whistles from my mother and so it's a, that's a very sweet and important part of my life mm. and uh, I have a show coming up in July which probably won't happen now because of the situation we're in but that was supposed to be both whistles and paintings. And so where was that so supposed to be? At Frog Hollow in Burlington. But we'll see what happens. Yeah. And uh, but I certainly have done a lot of work, but I'm not sure that's the work I would want to have. Then well, I don't know if you can see this one way up here. With the horses. With the horses. Can you see yes. that? Yes. I don't know how I feel about that when I that was a painting that I a number of these were paintings that I dreamed first. Yeah. And then I get up in the morning and paint them. And that one. What's at the bottom? Of what? The, what's at the bottom of the painting? Down here, little houses. They're running over little houses. And the little houses, uh, the surface of them is, uh, had been collaged over with the stock reports. Lifted a little higher. Yeah. Oh, I see. The stock report, the stock market. 
Yeah, the stock market, yeah, from the <laughs> newspaper. <laughs> and that was before the stock market crashed, but I had a very bad sense of what was, I knew it was happening. I was listening to an awful lot of people. The politicians are getting in trouble for having sold before it, the crash. But I tried, I have a, a few stocks that were part of a, my divorce settlement, and I tried to get the broker to sell them before then. And he said, you must take the long view. Don't let a little virus interrupt your, what, oh. your money for your old age. And I said, I'm old. I don't have a long view. And I think it's going to go. <laughs> the whole thing's yeah. going to blow up. So I didn't. He didn't want to sell. So I just, I always knuckle under to anyone else's opinion. So <laughs> I didn't do it. But I painted this picture instead of these wonderfully strange dream horses galloping along. But they don't, I didn't give them eyes. And I don't know what that means or what, what that means to me. I wondered the other day, should I go back? And, I mean, it's sort of a childish painting in a lot of ways. And, oh, it, other planes behind me. It does Lady. have a very dreamy quality to it. The stars and the way the horses look like they're sort of floating like, uh, like merry-go-round horses that- Yeah, that they, were, they were moving up and down. The, yeah, in the painting, they were moving across the sky. The paintings that I've done of that, that dream had five paintings in them. I painted them all. But in the dream, the colors were- incredibly intense and jewel-like and I didn't know how to get that. Mm. I just don't know how to do that. I've, I used to use practically do monochrome paintings right. and I slowly have begun to accept the idea and the crankies helped for me to use color in a more, I mean I once wove, I used to be a, like to weave and I once see, oh 40 years ago I wove a very beautiful baby blanket for one of my nephews or nieces and I went and bought this yarn that was delicious yummy raspberry color yarn and then a gorgeous gorgeous muted blue but when you wove them together it made gray and oh. I thought isn't that perfect because always before I'd only woven with natural wool mm -hmm. it was gray or white or black <laughs> and so then I bought the colors and then it wove up and looked just like what I always made uh, <laughs> I oh. thought that was funny. but um there is this too high yeah lower it a little bit there you yeah. go that's good yeah so here's two ladies painting and they don't know what they're painting because they can't remember what landscapes were or, or whether when you had a model or anything. They're just painting this something, this vague shapes. It might be hills, it might be a model. And then I was so dismayed by it that because it's just really stark and strange for one of my paintings. So then in the foreground, I put a pile of very badly painted puppies. They are puppies. I thought so. <laughs> <laughs> that made it feel like, oh, there's some hope. There's something, there's something warm and lovely left. You know, that's life. also very interesting. Like when you think about what people put online to see when they're feeling really dismayed, people will start just posting puppy videos. And I know. It's, it's like I that. It's like their cell phone the is day. right there. <laughs> you watched a whole bunch. <laughs> they were they were charming dogs doing swimming and doing funny things. Who knew there were so many well trained dogs in the world? Oh, there's so many, so many. There's stars, <laughs> and one that never got finished and never will be finished. I love it. It's two men in a boat. They're standing up in a very oh. small boat, which you shouldn't do. They're arguing, and they only have one oar. So this is a lot like the woman with the umbrella. They're, mm -hmm. they're inadequate for the task at hand. <laughs> they can't, they don't know anything and they don't know how to, how to even ma maneuver in a boat and they only have one oar. So I hadn't realized when I painted it that I was painting a picture that was the same as the same theme as the girl mm -hmm. with the umbrella and the horrible storm. That it, the umbrella is not enough. What their knowledge <laughs> and abilities are inadequate for the task at hand. And I really love this picture and I'm not going to take it any further than this. I think I'm just going to leave yeah. it without much 
detail. They don't have any eyeballs or anything like that. Do I care? No, I don't care. I really like it. And these I like are all painted on hunks of wood. Hunks of wood. It's, it's, it has a very, um, like, windy day at the beach feel to sort it. of vibe to it yeah and the color the color of the poisonous looking water which is actually true we were out walking on at um out at north branch mm -hmm. yesterday we go to remote places to walk the dog where we hope not to see any people and then when we do we jerk our little masks up as if we were complying with the law the law but um the river was the most it was moving it was really in full spate of, i guess the upper reaches of the, of the Winooski melting out and mm -hmm. and uh, it was this deep incredibly dark rich green it was just and had such depth to that color I thought if you tried to paint that color you know Corot could do it he he that was the only thing I think he really you know he just painted these pictures that are in the Art Institute Chicago that I remember seeing as a child we'd my father would take us there a lot as entertainment for children and it worked <laughs> just great for me but there was there were paintings like that of, of this river with rich colors and then the bank all with moss and a little little stream coming out and you could feel the cold air coming out of that painting yeah. and the smell of that little yeah I love I love that and the, but the color he got the color but boy I don't know how I think it has to do with glazing with yeah. oil to get that, that kind of depth of that river is especially interesting because if you stand on the bridge and look down it's deepest right as it's coming under the bridge and yeah. so depending on what time of day it is and the sun you can see it's like you're looking into something that has these it's yes. like like melted layers of glass yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's where I was standing, and I was yeah. looking. Yeah. I was looking upstream. Not the beach was gone because it was mm -hmm. the water was too high. But mm -hmm. I was looking upstream, and right there, it hits a rock and has gouged out a big pool. I think underneath mm -hmm. there, and it's right when it's making that bend around to come under the bridge, and mm -hmm. it was just so beautiful. The color was so beautiful, and I I think because there's that big rock, the water is hitting it and then turning in to go under the bridge. If if that movement weren't there, I don't think you would see the depth of, of, there wouldn't be any contrast, you know, the water that's moving underneath the surface and then the light hitting that at different angles and at different moments. It's, it's mesmerizing. I love, yeah. that's and one late, of my favorite late, places. Late in the day, it hits that rock that continues mm -hmm. down under the water. So you mm -hmm. get that sense of that geology of it. And it's, it's very beautiful. And up yeah. further upstream, a big eddy, I call it, where people swim, and the water's coming around and making this eddy. The swirl, yeah. there, was, there was one still point. The eddy was, the river was moving so fast that the big eddy had turned into what place with one still point in the minute where a piece of trash or some white thing had gotten stuck there. And it didn't move at all. Just the stayed there. Eddy turned, twirling around this huge eddy, twirling around it, and then shooting off downstream. But that thing, and it was like the North Star, right? It's the still move, the, the unmoved mover of the universe. Mm -hmm. You know, it was <laughs> big eddy had its own unmoved mover. And I thought, oh, this is just too wonderful. It was great to see. But, um, and there weren't too many people out there, so we could feel like we were in a safe situation. What do you think about this idea of social distancing and, and like what the sort of fallout of that is going to be on our ability to like socially not distance ourselves? But do you think that as eventually when that starts to, the constraints around that start to ease up, that people will 
be more socially engaged than they have been in the past? Or do you think that they'll keep this degree of distancing? Or I, I wonder like how that will be for people because this is so much isolation. Yeah. I think that for the people who must suffer the most are people who are extremely socially engaged. Mm -hmm. I know people have all day long appointments going down to meet someone for coffee, lunch with them, you know, all day long and then book group in the evening and all these right. things. And my idea of a good day in my life has always been nothing scheduled to do that day. It's going to be all that day is all mine and it's a lovely feeling. And so this for me has been, despite my really deep despair and, and anguish about what's happening on the planet and to other people and guilt feelings because I was a nurse shouldn't I go back and work well I'm 30 years out of date you know <laughs> everything's been invented since I retired <laughs> and and so yeah and but shouldn't I offer myself to you know as the bodies sort of start dropping and they're going to need people I thought eventually I'll talk myself into it the best would be if I could just get a very mild case so I was immune and then I could help without fear but I thought how would I do all geared up mm -hmm. like that you know mm -hmm. and I don't know how people are going to how I do going to come back how we're going to come back I don't know but I wondered with our town it's good weather it's filled with free boxes as you walk yeah. there everybody's getting rid of stuff and too much stuff in all their houses and they take the stuff that's nice and they want to get rid of and first stop is the curb in a box Mm -hmm. And the next stop must be the restores, take it out for, for you know, Goodwill mm -hmm. or something. But, you know, I have a little free library that needs books. And I had worried when my daughters gave me that little free library for a birthday present a few years ago. I thought, how am I going to afford to keep this filled with books? Well, the free, little free library is completely filled with books I get at free piles. And now someone put that up some free items the other day and I thought oh don't touch and and they're still there they've been sitting yeah. there for days and nobody yeah. touched them and I thought will we ever my daughter Eli says we're never going to regain that sense of confidence that we can put our hand out and touch something without feeling that we could possibly be mm -hmm. destroying our lives mm -hmm. and I thought could that be is that going to be that ingrained in us after a few months that's, that's what I wonder I wonder you know a couple of months of this is one thing, but eight months, you know, like mm. how long things. What will I wear if I don't on? have those free clothes? <laughs> Nothing. We don't need clothes. <laughs> that sounds great. <laughs> Bad luck for everyone else, but really comfortable for me. <laughs> Canvases. I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, this really is an astonishing time. I have one more to show you. Okay. It's, it's, I saved it for last because it's my favorite. I have yeah. no idea what it's about. I only know that I just adore it. I adore it. And that's very unusual for me to feel that way about one of my paintings. There are several of these paintings I adore. I adore the little old ladies having tea. I love this one. And I don't know what it means, but it means everything to me. And I don't know whether you'll be able to see it because it's, is it fit? Lift it. It lifted a little bit. Mm -hmm. Lifted a little bit. Lifted a little. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I can see. Oh. I can and um, maybe describe what's that happening at the top. The the light is shining on it, so it's hard oh, okay. to see the person falling from the sky. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> there, there we go. 
Yeah, I don't know why whether that someone said, oh, it's an angel falling, but it, I don't think it's an angel falling. I don't, I wouldn't think that it was, why? I don't get it. And, and There's a bear man up a tree. He's a bear, oh. his head is a bear. He was a man and then he turned into a bear. Um, and he's, the tree is, seems to be dead. It doesn't have any, everything's locked off of it. It's not, and the women are completely engrossed in their own conversation and their little children, they're gathered there, they're looking at each other or they're not noticing anything. And Lift I think it up a little bit. I are there children in front of, ah, uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, the little kids there. And there's one little daring, tiny little, not, not really, doesn't really show a little head peeking around a tree. Is it a person or an animal? It's a little child. Okay. Little child peeking around. I don't know if it shows at all. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, you can see it. Yeah. But I, I love this painting. And, that, you know, when I'm thinking about it now, maybe just because they're so enraptured with whatever's going on with them that they don't. Well, she's looking over this way. So she's seeing something is amiss. Mm. But generally speaking, it's, it's, it's another one of these sort of pictures where something is happening. Mm -hmm. that they're not, but they, they're not sure what it is or if it's even happening. And right. that was why I think that was the first painting that came out of this series. And this is one that I also dreamed the same night that I dreamed the horses, I dreamed of five paintings and they were all very beautiful to me. This is the one that came out beautiful to me when it was finished. And do you think yeah. the person is falling from the sky or he looks like he's, he's landing, not so much falling uncontrollably, but. I think they're flying in, yeah. but I don't yeah. know why they're flying yeah. in. I, <laughs> I didn't feel like they were falling when I was painting it. But they were actively, they were, they were, they were, they're a messenger of some sort. They're, they're bringing, yeah. hey, this, look here. They're pointing and talk, calling out. But what, what, I don't know. But I really like it. Her dress is also another stock report. <laughs> <laughs> Little tiny numbers all over it, over the stock report. And, uh, and also with these, I, in the dream, the paintings not only were lovely, rich colors, which I really, just had to give up on, even though I, they're transparent colors that I tried to use as glazing. And I love transparent colors. And one of the preparations for where we are now for me was not only buying food for a big, a deep lard or a deep pantry, mm -hmm. it was buying paint. Mm -hmm. I went through all my paints, which I've never done and noticed what's almost empty, what's dried up, what's too gloppy to enjoy using anymore. And I ordered, I made a paint order from Dick Blick. They must have just cheered with delight. <laughs> and I got uh, things to paint on because I've run out of masonite. And the new masonite is a plastic product. It's not a board anymore. And so mm -hmm. I, I always painted on masonite and had it cut to the sizes I want. And two things have changed. They don't mill anymore for you. You have to cut it yourself. And mm -hmm. masonite can't be hand sawed, really. It just kind of. Yeah, crumbles. Yeah. And the other thing, the masonite itself is, has been plasticized. And so that oh. doesn't take paint in a way that I would want. And so these are old pieces of masonite. And so now for these other ones, I've, these are on little Dick Blick panels mm -hmm. that are, this one I don't like because it's got a canvas texture, but the, they're, um, the other ones are, some of them it's smooth panels and, uh, and I like them very much. And they have that little cradle on the back and they just pop into a little frame oh, that are all dead cheap. And I, I'm very happy with that. That makes me feel like if I have a show, I, some of them can actually be framed because framing is, framing is out of my reach. And the, 
cheap, cheap frames I used for decades are no longer available because they come from China. Mm-hmm. You buy them by the, by the lengths, right. right? So and you have to. So your pictures have to be on the on the full inch. <laughs> so when I'd have the board sawed up, I, they always had to be you know ten by twelve or twelve by twelve or whatever, four feet by by three feet. It had to be just so that you could buy the lengths, and then they fit together, and they were very unobtrusive, just a real thin thing, and they looked it looked professional and nice. Mm. But now for a lot, for a while they over a year they've not been available mm. so i don't know what i'm gonna do if i have a show i i won't be able to frame no i don't know if i show that but i definitely would show for them they so, look i i like them without frames i think it gives them a kind of like rawness that doesn't feel so packaged you know it doesn't well, you know what so you mean and these frames that have this edge so mm-hmm. you can paint the the edge that becomes my favorite part. Yeah, literally yeah. there. That edge just becomes. I think. Well, why couldn't I just painted that? I would be very happy <laughs> being the painting, and I'm not kidding. It really pleases me. I understand. I, 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 I have a little face to put in there somewhere, and then that would have annoyed and ticked me off. But um, you, yeah, I, this has been an exceptional and interesting time, and I uh, I don't know. There are many things that have changed for me personally that uh, I, as aging has been a, a real benefit for me because mm-hmm. you, you just get so you don't give a rat's ass about whether people like your paintings or not. You know, I've painted paintings I like, I've painted paintings I don't like. Mm-hmm. I have, if, if other people like them, they bought them. I have a lot of paintings that, you know, 10,000 people said no thank you to and I think, well, I'll repaint them now. <laughs> but it's hard, it's hard to clobber something like from the past in that kind of way. So mostly they're just stuffed around the room. The yeah. room is almost impassable now with all my rubbish. But the part of aging that is really good is that the, a much clearer sense of what interests me. Mm-hmm. Because I think when you're young, that whole thing of love and of being accepted and of of sexuality and all those things are so dominating and joyfully dominating it was it was lovely having that response to the world but my response has become much more focused in a way that surprises me Uh, my head is much emptier in a way that pleases me that sort of thing that what you want sort of try to achieve with meditation seems to just happen naturally mm-hmm. although there's a lot of noise in these paintings yet i'm wondering whether they're going to start quieting down there's a lot going on there but um as my head gets emptier and emptier and the toaster stops answering <laughs> and the dog doesn't answer anymore um, <laughs> but yeah um, it, it's been I great was- the only thing that's as bad is not, my eyesight isn't as good as it was and so mm. that really pisses me off rightly so I was thinking about how you've mentioned in the past like you've had these periods of time other periods of time in your life where you are really really focused on your work and you're very prolific and then long periods of time will go by where it's like such a struggle to really be engaged and interested and find like a groove and the last few years you've just had like these really sustained waves of focus on different kinds of work than you had done in a really long time. Like you 
started making whistles again and then you started making the crankies and then you've been painting. Yeah, it came back to it. A lot of things yeah. came back that had gotten somehow sadly lost. I think part of it, and I don't mean to badmouth my former husband, who was a lovely, sweet, generous man, but it's, I'm suited to living alone. Mm. It really suits my temperament and it suits mm. me. It suits my work schedule. I mean, I went last night at three in the morning. I suddenly wake up. I'm stark staring awake. So I lie in bed and sing. Nobody wants to hear me sing at three in the morning. Most of the time, nobody wants to hear me sing anyway. There I am lying in bed singing some song or other that I am interested in. And, and um, then I decided, oh, I listened to a little bit of a book on tape that's on YouTube and I put that on and listen to that for a while and then I go back to sleep. You know, those sort of things don't happen if you're part of a partnership right. when you're living right close with somebody mm -hmm. else. Mm -hmm. And so but this it's it's given me a lot of freedom that I that I appreciate very much. And uh I hope that I have a few more years to get to the point where I can actually paint a painting that I like as much as I like that painting, but it would be abstract. <laughs> I know when you said you were working, you were painting an abstract painting, that surprised me. Well, it's always been my favorite. Those have been, I have two favorites, at modern painters, abstract painters, and I have, I like sort of um, paintings from the 1300s. <laughs> I really, you know, where angels do fall out of the sky, you mm -hmm, know, where, mm -hmm. you know, where things are going on, where it's, uh, you know, a, a very busy hunting scene and off there in the woods there's a little well this broidle he's later but there's a little a lean to where christ has just been born but nobody's paying any attention to that that's off to the side in a little bit they're all busy about their lives they're going hunting they're cooking dinner you know and i loved those paintings when i was a kid they were very 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 charming to me and apparently the sensibility of that still is mm. and with the whistles it's bosch my father loved hieronymus bosch and he had the earthly delights the heaven and hell sort of triptych i guess it is mm -hmm. uh, behind his desk in a reproduction there he didn't have the real thing unfortunately but i would climb up on his desk and study that when he was on at the desk and years passed and i started making whistles and a lot of the images were very weird people what? popped up yeah bosh <laughs> but i didn't know it it had just become part of my process that people living in a clamshell is perfectly acceptable to me and it shows the housing shortages <laughs> you know housing shortages uh, do you remember the show that we went to see at the um the cochran gallery in new york city last year the woman artist um who was who painted all these really abstract really mystical um, oh, it was at the Guggenheim. Uh, oh, yeah, the Guggenheim. Yeah, film of Von Klimt. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was astonishing for me. And But the, by far the most astonishing is that the world wanted to see her work. That really amazed me. I wanted to see them. You wanted to see them. But so did everybody else. And where did that come from? Yeah. They were preparing for this, obviously. Yeah. I think about that show a lot. I have been lately thinking about that show a lot and her work and how... Um, especially those massive abstract uh, that room when you first at the at the oh. on the ground level with those massive what felt like wallpaper almost like these yeah. like things you were so, supposed to experience on a on a daily basis because the mm -hmm. scale of them you would only find like covering an entire wall yeah. and and when you were talking about abstract but then I look at like the stars and that painting with the horses and then 
the tree and like the other aspects of that feel very abstract to me and it reminded me of of those paintings of hers that had these pieces that looked like something but mm -hmm. you couldn't really like pinpoint what it was they looked like so they felt very abstract and they felt very mm -hmm. like but they were totally personable mm -hmm. at the same time mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. yeah it, they were very wonderful and strange and um, a lot of them I'd have to say I couldn't live with that for a minute but there were a couple that I coveted so badly yeah. that it was hard to leave the museum and when I asked one of the museum workers in the little wonderful little Guggenheim library what what were their surprises about that show he said that everyone wants to see it yeah they took that show out of sort of helping out of the museum museum in Stockholm who said would you show her work she wanted it in a round building Mm -hmm. you know and she's 50 years later this we're still waiting for a round building and you've got the round building we right. we give this work a show and they out of you know good fellowship they said yes and then they were afraid that god what have we done we're right. taking this weird shit and and now <laughs> and it was incredible and, and it, it was huge packed. success the place was packed yeah. every day of the show and he said people from every walk of life it wasn't the usual museum patrons it was all kinds of people in there and people everyone had their own take on what she was doing yeah but her work was very very calculated she kept notebooks and planned everything out down to the millimeter you know and and uh i admire that kind of mind but with me it's mm -hmm. seat of the pants all the way if, if i plan anything then it's done right and so you know when i i think you work the same way you you know yeah. if the impulse flows through you and right. what happens happens right and if you just think it out or if you talk about it too much even yeah that's it i'm writing if i tell someone the whole plot well i just did it there's no reason yeah. to write it exactly that yeah <laughs> You know, so this is the same way. It just it just happens, and um, that's really interesting to hear you describe it that way because I don't think that I uh, I have ideas for creative projects all the time, and I'll share them with people, and then I have no interest in. Like, I'll I'll still try to pursue those ideas, and they just don't come together the way that it like at first appeared and was so easy to articulate. Because it does seem like once the thing is shared, it's just done. It doesn't it's, need to be created. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. With these, the difference in these and everything I've ever done the rest of my life, and is that with these, I saw them mm -hmm. in my dream before I painted them, and that's the first time ever that I painted. That that's happened. From I mean, that was always like the kiss of death. I mean, I have paintings here that. Here's something I've been painting on clay for 40 years, and it's got layers and layers and layers of God knows what happening here, and now it's turned into a strange house. <laughs> but it's got a, got a little baby climbing up the stairs. Nobody can see that without a microscope, and this house is just like endlessly. Here's a woman, trapeze artist, up in the ceiling. I don't know if you can see her. She's can in the attic. It. She's got a big crown. She's got everything she needs. There's, oh, there's a there's a forest on the roof. I really love this picture, even though it's completely unreadable from being painted so much and getting darker and darker and darker. But that was how I tended to paint. It right. just slap it on, slap it on. Next, then I put all these staircases, and now I really love those staircases. They're sort of geometries of, of madness that I really like. 
And do I like this little dog here? Not much, but there he is. Yeah. Huge oranges. You know, every house should have huge oranges. <laughs> a little woman with a teapot bringing us our tea. It's always the teapot. The teapot is everywhere. I don't think so. I think she's at the bottom. Oh, there she is. Oh, she's floating. Oh, yes, of course. She floats <laughs> up with a teapot. She's got to bring it somehow. But this painting, I is a, that's very typical of where I've always gone before, is that underneath, uh, there's so many layers that you could still kind of almost read through. And a lot of people really hate that, that sense of brush strokes from a previous painting that show through still. And I love that. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I just love it. It's like life, you know, we're all made of brush strokes from our previous experiences. Yeah. And, uh, I like it very, very much. Oh. But now is the first time ever where I feel like I actually am on the road to what I wanted to do. And, mm. you know, and so this, this horrible catastrophe for our, for our, for our world, and I, I think by no means is this catastrophe the end of the trouble we have coming. Because we do have the climate still happening. <laughs> yeah. And we've kind of forgotten about that. We got some other things going on. But I, it, it, these paintings, for me, any of them, they, it, they're not for a reason. They're because I, don't, I, don't, I just do it. I have a need to do it. And I think you're built the same way. There's mm -hmm. some, and if we were just sitting outside on the grass and talking, both of us would have our hands busy making a little something out of a leaf, rolling it and pinching it, twisting it away. We're just those sort of people that have, that have this strange sort of creative impulse built right into us. Mm -hmm. And I, it must be genetic because look at your family. I mean, they're, mm -hmm. <laughs> look at mine. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so, but I'm happy I have that. It's, it's a centric to people, but I think the centric life is the happy life. And for me, that is where, what it, how it comes. It, and I don't really, this sounds mystically demented, I don't really feel responsible for these after they're done. Right. I'm pleased, I look at them and I think, oh, I like that. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's, it has nothing to do with me anymore. It flowed through me. It's like I'm a culvert and some 10th rate artists, a whole bunch of them, a 10th rate, mystical beings that's their work i just mm -hmm. i just provide the hand and i don't think while i work i think as little as possible and and just do what i get to do and the paintings come out so kind of strange oh this is one of the first ones where i didn't muck it up yes yeah you've had that one a long time right two years and it was but it was one of the first ones where i didn't trash the background or just 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 left it where it was and and so and said that looks like a a myth that hasn't been written yet and i thought yeah that's what these often are they're myths that haven't been written yet and they're not my doing this one has whistles that went with it of two women in a boat with a bear a huge bear and they couldn't possibly fit in that boat you know this the boat <laughs> it's mythical it doesn't it's matter it doesn't matter and I'm completely satisfied with that so there's you know, it's, it's an odd business but I'm very glad that I came to this that I when I was young I couldn't show my work every everyone I knew they were all artists they were all according to them and according to the everyone who knew them they were the best in the whole wide world and who was I so I was a secret artist and I didn't show my work I have old boyfriends who apologize have written to me on Facebook mostly, and apologized that they only wanted to talk about their work. They never wanted to talk about mine. 
and um, and I went along with that because they were great. Yeah. And uh, they were great. They were talented and interesting, but none of them really lived up to their infant promise. And here I am. It's taken 75 years, but I'm heading toward my what I I'm heading toward where I wanted what, what I wanted to be. Mm. It's going to involve a lot of dogs. <laughs> And bears. Dogs and bears. The bears are odd. Yeah, the bears came into my life in a in a series of dreams, and mm -hmm. and uh, they haven't really left yet. Mm -hmm. And I hope they don't because it's a very interesting shape. And they're apparently when they're skinned, they look just like a human, and that's a horrifying idea to me. That is horrifying. Yeah. Oh, I so like them. I like them. Yeah. Well, we have awful lot of them. I expect to see one come walking down the hill now. They're getting comfortable in town. <laughs> That's the good people. thing about this. You know, goats have taken over towns and sheep have taken over towns and whales. They, they can, they, you know, they just come into town now because there's nobody around. So they're eating all the gardens. Oh, gosh. On YouTube of go goats and whales just trampling through the town and eating everything in sight. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to check that out. I would love to see that. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I'll find it and send it to you or you can find it. Yeah. If you write goats and whales, you can. Uh -huh. <laughs> when you first, the first time you said it, I pictured goats and whales, W-H-A-L-E. Whales. Yeah. And <laughs> what a beautiful image. They scampering around on the top. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is how it goes. <laughs> anyway. This has well, been a horrible time and a tragic time and a most perplexing time. And for me personally, I'm ashamed to say it's been a time of radiant creativity for me. Mm -hmm. And it done the result isn't what matters, even though I showed them off. It's what happens in me when it's working. It's a, it's a lovely, lovely, lovely feeling. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for showing us all your artwork. I, I had seen a picture of the collection of them. So I'm glad that that was what you wanted to share today. Yeah. I didn't have anything else to show really because uh, the rest of the house is such an incredible mess. The happier I am, the messier my house is. And so it's pretty, pretty astonishing right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. Thank you okay. so much. Well, great hugs to you. And thank you for doing this. It's really been, it's been so nice to see you again.